Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. We'll spend time together in prayer at the end as we have been doing. I'm excited about um, doing that together this evening. Luke 9 and verse number 16. And uh, I want to I share a message with you that might be a little bit more practical and uh, dealing with a something that we should be doing every single day. And so let's look at um, verse, Luke chapter 9 and verse number 16. The Bible says this, uh, speaking of Christ, um, let's, let's give back up into um, verse number 10. And the apostles, when they were returned, told him all that they had done, and he took them and went aside privately into a desert place belonging to the city of Bethsaida. And the people, when they knew it, followed him, and he received them. Isn't that great about Jesus? He received them and spake unto them of the kingdom of God and healed them that had need of healing. And when the, um, the day began to wear away, he then came the twelve and said unto him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the towns and country uh, round about and lodge and get victuals. What's that word, victuals? There's a good old word, victuals. Food, all right? And so we don't call them victuals anymore. Uh, for we are here in a desert place. There's no McDonald's, Arby's, or anything of the like out here. Verse number 13, but he said unto them, give ye them to eat. Is that not impossible for these disciples, by the way? Does God not call us to do impossible things, doesn't he? In fact, all the Christian life is impossible. It's not just hard, it's, it's really truly impossible. And he goes on to say, and they said unto him, we have no more but five loaves and two fishes, except we should go and buy meat for all this people, which would be quite a, quite a load. Uh, verse number 14, for there were about 5,000 men, and not counting the ladies and probably the children there. And he said to his disciples, make them sit down by fifties in a company. And they did so. And they just followed his order and made them all sit down. Then took he five loaves and two fishes and looking up to heaven, say the next two words or three words with me. He blessed them. One more time. He blessed them and break, the, and, break and gave to the disciples to set before the multitude and they did eat and were all filled and there were taken up of the fragments that remained to them 12 baskets. Uh, he provided abundantly, didn't he? But I want you to notice that, that those words, he blessed them. He blessed them. And speaking about the food that he was about to offer uh, to these people. Let's pray and ask God's blessing on our time. Father, thank you for this opportunity to be together in this place. We love you and we love each other. We love hearing your word. We love singing together. And Lord, I, I do pray the message of that little chorus that we would just desire to do your will even in this time that we would submit our hearts to you Lord, we also just want to thank you for what you're doing in ukraine and bringing the gospel there i pray your mighty power upon uh, the the missionaries there i know there's so many that are are ministering right now and uh, lord i think of uh, mr pranger uh, lord just being able to see 
uh, that missionary from so many years ago. Uh, Lord, just still faithfully serving you in that, in that area. And Lord, you're just giving you praise for all that you're doing, even in the midst of hardship. Now, Lord, I, I ask that you would focus our attention on your word. You guide us, you teach us tonight, and we would be different from it. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, there are four basic needs of the human life, right? Can we, uh, can we list those? What are the four basic needs of, of humans? Food. Okay. What? Air. Sleep. Water is, is one of them. I guess you can't go too long without sleep, but I'm thinking, yes. And there was one other thing. Shelter. Okay, those four. Uh, food, water, air, and shelter, all right? Uh, that food one, we all, we all are pretty aware of, right? Did you all eat today? Okay. Uh, and, and sometimes um, people get really panicky around a storm when everyone's doing a run on the stores, right? Uh, we, get, we get panicky about that because we want our food. Everyone goes to, you remember during COVID, everyone was buying out Costco of their rice? There was no rice, oatmeal, I mean, they were just buying it all out, and a pretty crazy thing. But food is important. You know what? We come to meals often, and we do not realize the importance and value of food. If you were without that food, you'd realize it. But we, don't, we, we just think it's always going to be there. Uh, sometimes people will uh, kind of give trite prayers before food. We always, you know, we hear people say, well, let's give grace, or well, let, let's bless the meal, or uh, let's, let's give thanks. And sometimes that prayer that prayer before a meal becomes very, very trite. Uh, it just becomes kind of something we do. Now, sometimes you might be in a, a situation where you're at work and going out to eat with somebody, and it's kind of like an awkward thing. Do I pray? Do I not pray? Uh, you know, what, what should I do? This is kind of awkward. Do I tell them I'm going to pray? You know, do I bow my head and pray silently? Do I ask them to pray with me? You know, just kind of, and we, we, we can kind of tussle with this whole idea of praying before. Does anyone, anyone know that feeling? right? Y'all looking at me like, Pastor, you really going to preach about praying before your meal? Yeah, because Jesus, Jesus did, and I, wanna, I want us to th think about it for a moment. But yes, sometimes, especially if you're in a group of unbelievers, and you're like, do I, do I bow and pray? I used to work construction, and they never prayed. And so, you know, it seems like your prayer, you're, you're bowing there and praying, and you're doing it honestly towards the Lord, but it, it, it seems like three seconds is, is five minutes. You know what I'm saying? You know, just like all eyes are hmm, on you as you're, as you're praying. And everyone knows what you're, what you're doing and, and, and so on. But, you know, sometimes we can look at that, that practice as just kind of something we just, just do and becomes very routine. In fact, as you think about that, uh, you hear the different prayers for, um, before meals. Thank you for the food we eat. Thank you for the world so sweet. Thank you for the birds that sing. Thank you, God, for everything. Amen. You know, we can just be very, very trite. I try to help our children with not, um, not just being trite with their prayers ahead of the meal. Thank you for this food, amen. No, no, we're going we're gonna to actually uh, really thank God for this food. So my purpose tonight is why? Why should we give meaningful prayers ahead of the meals that we get to eat? Why? Um, and, and to help you understand why we're here tonight, we've been going through the prayers of Jesus. I have a list that I gave you at the first of this. Uh, the list of all the prayers of Jesus. And in chronological order, kind of looking at Luke next, we find that Jesus here, before he breaks out this food, he stops and blesses it. He blesses it. And in other places it's said, he thanks, God, he thanks God for it. But the fact is, we need to realize, first of all, if we're going to offer a meaningful prayer, we do it because all blessings, all provision comes from God. 
Now, this is not, this is not something that is, not, is new to us, but we need to stop and realize all provision comes from God. We think we live in a land of abundance, so we get over that fact really, really quick. But I guarantee you there's some folks in Ukraine tonight and maybe even in Russia they're starting to realize, you know what? I don't know where maybe the next meal is coming from. I don't know where the food is coming from. The stores are getting kind of bare. All provision comes from God. Genesis 1 and verse number 29 says, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree, in the which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed. It shall be for meat. It sh- uh, to you it shall be for meat. And so what is God saying? Hey, I, uh, originally he made us vegetarians, right? He made us to eat off the vegetation and the fruits and, and, and so on. And he says, hey, I've made all this and I've made it for you. It's going to be to you for meat, for your sustenance. This is what's going to sustain you. We find in Genesis 2 and verse number 16, and the Lord God commanded man, saying, of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. Not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but every other tree you may freely eat, you may freely enjoy. And the provision right there in the garden came from God. Now, after the flood, what happens? You remember? What happens to the, the, the food or the diet of man? You don't know. All right. That's why we're doing this tonight, okay? Genesis chapter 9 and verse number 3. Genesis 9 and verse number 3 Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, even as the green herb have I given you all things. So people talk about it's so mean to eat, you know, eat uh, the little bunny burgers that we were eating at the wild game dinner or whatever. Uh, you know, God gave the bunnies for meat. And now I'm not, I'm not for bunnies. I'm not for bunny burgers at all. Those things stank up the church building. Uh, they, that, that smell was in my mind for the whole weekend. So I think, we can, I think we should scratch, Brother Jeff, wherever Brother Jeff is, scratch the bunny burgers from the, uh, from the, uh, the, uh, the wild game dinner. The elk burgers were fine, the boar um, burgers were fine, but I don't know, something about that bunny burger. Um, but nonetheless, God was the one that gave us that meat. He said, after the flood, the, the, the meat the, uh, the, that the moving things of the earth would be for meat. And so we even see that in today, now if someone wants to be vegetarian for their own dietary sake, but don't make a scriptural case off of it and don't make a, some sort of moral case off of it. Are you all with me on that? I mean, we, we hear all that going on in our world today, like you, you know, virtuous signaling over you know, being a vegetarian. God was the one that gave us animals to eat. Now, I know there's some people that, that for dietary purposes go all vegetarian. That's between them and God. But don't, don't virtue signal over it because God gave us the meat. And so it comes from God. And uh, it's okay to kill a deer and eat it. Yeah, it's okay to uh, get some salmon and eat it. You know, we just, in fact, <laughs> and, and, well, I just had some, uh, some salmon la- uh, last night. We, we actually got it out, and uh, we, we cooked it finely. It was, it was delicious, and put some balsamic vinegar on there, some, uh, some garlic and some, uh, some uh, lemon juice. Oh, man, it was really, really good, and uh, you have to watch out for those, on those bones. But it's okay. God was the one that um, gave that to us, so God is a provider of that. Even in Genesis 45, what did God do with, with Joseph? He sent him down through a lot of hardship, sent him down to Egypt, and Joseph notes in Genesis 45, 7, and God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. What was he referring to? I was the one down here seven years previous stockpiling this food so that when the famine came, you had food to, um, food to eat 
and for your family to keep you all alive. Uh, Psalm 104 and verse 14, he causes the grass to grow for the cattle and the herb for the service of man that he may bring forth food out of the earth. And so it's God that does that. Now, just let's remember this. If God is the provider of all things, no matter what happens in the world, we can trust him. No matter what happens with our economy and with the inflation, we can trust him. Matthew 6 and verse 31 through 34 is not only applicable in times where there's not inflation. It's always applicable. And so God is the provider of all that we have, and especially food. Psalm 136, verse 25, who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endureth forever. I found it interesting that the uh, statistic, we often hear a lot about hunger, and I'm not diminishing that, and I do believe it's an issue in our, in our world, but uh, it is one out of nine people, uh, according to uh, the world hunger statistics, one out of nine people that don't have enough food. It's, it's, it's relatively a low number. God is a provider of food. And he does, he does give, and so we can trust him with that. I remember being in India, um, and uh, I found it interesting. Uh, now, as he provides, it doesn't mean that, that there's always the provision of the foods that we, we like and the dainties that we like. I was reminded that most of the Indian people only have meat one, uh, once or twice a week. So a lot of times it's, it's a lot of rice and a lot of sauce. Uh, when we were, we'd go through their, um, the, the college kitchen there, had these huge, huge vats, like 50-gallon, I think maybe 30-gallon vats that were steam had steam pumped into them, and they would do their vegetables in them, and some rice, and then some masala tea, and so on, and they would cook that stuff up, and you know, that those vegetables we put on top, and they would eat just a mounded plate of rice and vegetables, and, uh, and that's how they ate, but they didn't get meat as many times as we enjoy meat here in the, here in the States, and so it's an, it's an amazing thing as you look at that around the world, but God is still the provider of all that we eat and all that we have. So really, I ask this question, do you recognize that everything in your refrigerator right now, in your cupboards right now, in your freezer right now, is a gift from God? It's a blessing. It's God's blessing upon, uh, upon our lives. And so I just, I just want us to, to have that simple uh, realization night. As Jesus, uh, with this food that he would provide for this multitude, as he stopped and made a pattern for us, and blessed it, and gave thanks to God for it, uh, we, we as well should remember that all of our, our, our food comes from him. And so notice also, if we're going to offer meaningful prayers, it's not just that we are reminded that he is the one that provides it, also Jesus himself gives thanks. And we see that in our passage tonight, but also Matthew 14 and verse 19, same, uh, the same passage going on. He blessed it there as he was about to break the, um, the five loaves and the two fishes and distribute it to the multitude through his disciples. He blessed it. Uh, he invoked a blessing upon it. He, uh, he is the idea that he, he gave praise for it, but he also just uh, invoking God's favor upon that occasion and, and thanking God for it. Matthew 15 and verse 34, another time, Jesus saith unto them, how many loaves have ye? They say seven and a few little fishes, and he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and fishes and gave thanks 
and break them. And he gave to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. So he, he gave thanks again in that place. He made this a pattern. Jesus himself gave thanks. And if Jesus gave thanks, how much more should we to him as the provider of everything? Luke 24 and verse number 30. And it came to pass as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to them. Remember what Luke 24 is? It is, it is the, the record of the walk to Emmaus with the two disciples where Jesus opened up the scriptures and from beginning in the Old Testament, he, he revealed all the things of Jesus Christ, all the things concerning him in the, in the Old Testament to them. And you remember how it says there that they responded, did not our hearts burn within us as we heard him speak? In our hearts, by the way, spending time with Jesus will, will catch you on fire in the sense of it will, it will impassion you and hearing his word and spending time in, uh, with him in prayer, it'll give you that, uh, give you that fire in your soul, uh, that, that passion for the Lord Jesus Christ. But what did he do when he sat down with them? He gave thanks for the food that they were going to eat. And again, he's just showing over and over, giving thanks and blessing the, um, blessing the food and, 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 and acknowledging where it came from. 1 Corinthians 11.24, when Paul was relaying about the Lord's Supper or communion, he relayed this, that, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. That wasn't like a, a large meal, but still, he had that practice. He, he stopped and paused and gave thanks. So Jesus modeled gratefulness for the food that was provided, that God provided. And friends, we need to teach our children that. We need to teach our grandchildren that. We need to be willing to help a new believer along with that. Because you know what? It's important to, to understand that everything we have comes from God. So Jesus gave thanks as well. And then notice lastly, why should we give these meaningful prayers? And I do say meaningful prayers ahead of, of our meals. Because thankfulness glorifies God. Thankfulness glorifies God. Um, when I stop and give thanks for my meal, at McDonald's, in the break room, wherever I am, I'm acknowledging that this came from God. Shouldn't we? Yeah, we should. Isn't that a wonderful testimony to the lost around us when we stop and acknowledge, I didn't get this for myself? Yeah, I might have, I might have gotten out my wallet and paid for this or whatever, but ultimately I know God was the one that provided this for me. And at the very simplest, most basic need of our human existence, we're pausing and saying, I can't even meet this need. I acknowledge that God met this need, and I'm giving thanks to him. He is my sustainer. He's my provider. I'm giving thanks to him. And so uh, when other believers see you giving thanks, it reminds them that you know that this came from God. When the lost see you giving thanks, it reminds them, or it, it is a testimony to them, that, they, that you realize, hey, this comes from God. It, it is a testimony of your relationship with him. Ephesians 5 and verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, hey, this is the way that we ought to go about our whole lives. Not just our food, but our whole lives. No matter how difficult the times or the quantity of food that we have, we should always be giving thanks and meaningful thanks to God. I'm reminded of Paul in the storm on the way to Rome. Acts 27, after they're all done with the storm and he's already said, hey, no one's going to be lost. And they're like, what are you talking about? 
and he says, you all need to take food. You haven't eaten for 14 days, you've, and you've been on this fast because you've been tossing and turning and, and, uh, and losing the contents of your stomach. You know, I mean, it's just not been a great time, but it's now time to take food. And you know what he does in the middle of all that chaos? And when he had spoke, uh, thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Do you realize the testimony of Paul on that ship? He already is known as a preacher, but right there in the middle of them all, all these people that scoffed at him and thought he was crazy, in the presence of them all, he gave thanks to God. We ought to do the same exact thing. You know, when, when we give thanks to God in that way, it is such a testimony of our relationship with him. It's a testimony that we're at peace with God. It's a testimony that we recognize he's the provider. It's a testimony that we're submitted to him. It's a testimony of so many things. I think of George Mueller. He was the uh, Christian missionary evangelist. He really coordinated many orphanages in, in England. And he was just known for his faith and his prayer. Uh, there, the amount of money that God brought into that man or answered that man was phenomenal. So he just sought God in prayer. He would not tell other people about his needs. He simply sought God in prayer. And there's, there's so much of an impact, um, an impact on, uh, from his life to many others. But he ran orphanages, and there's a story of him sitting all the orphanages, uh, orphans down at a table, as, as was their practice one morning, and, uh, and they, they, they had nothing on the table but the, the utensils and the plates and the cups and, and so on. There was nothing on the table. But he began to pray, and he prayed what you see there. Dear Father, we thank thee for what thou art going to give us to eat. And it was at that point that a, a knock on the door uh, comes and there's a man who had an amount of bread that they were needing to get rid of and offers it to them. Another time he had the same scenario happen with milk, someone, a, a broken down wagon and milk. And God provided uh, this towards him as he gave thanks for it. Friends, we ought to give thanks for everything we have. Now, let's bring this down. I really want, I really want us to think about this. Let's not be trite in our prayers. When you give, say we're gathered together, guys, and we're at men's prayer breakfast, whatever, and someone, someone leads in prayer. Let's, let's pause and think about how, how we go about that moment of prayer. Sometimes it's really good just to pause and not say anything for a second. Gather your thoughts, and remember, I'm talking to my Heavenly Father, the God of the universe. And not just jump into, all right, thank you for this food. Help us have a good time. Amen. Now, honestly, do you think that our Father is just really moved by that prayer? I'm just, I'm just asking. I'm not putting anyone on. We've all, we've all, been, we've all been gone through routine. I, I'm talking about where we take time to meaningfully bless and, and thank God for what he's given to us. Father, thank you for being my Father today. And where you, you start, you give him praise. And we're not talking long, drawn out, like five minute, you know, but I'm saying where we are actually putting thought into thanking our Heavenly Father for the most basic need that we have, and without Him providing it, we would die. Think about that. You know, when we bow our head and pray uh, silently, is it, thank you, Lord, for this food. Amen. I could, you know, can I get it done inside of a sneeze? <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, it, are we really thinking about praying and thanking God? for what he has provided for us. Remember, he in a moment could withhold that provision from us. We don't have power over that. He can take our strength away, guys, when we can't work. Ladies, 
He can take our strength away. He can take our ability, ability away to, to cook and to, to get around in a moment. God is the provider of that. And so I say we should pray meaningful prayers, thoughtful prayers, not mindless prayers. And we should lead our children to do the same, which means you'll probably have to uh, educate them a little bit. All right, when we pray, I want you to thank God for one thing that he's done for you today. Thank him for the food. Remind them that not everyone in the, child, uh, in the world has what you have in front of you. And, and really meaningful prayers. Romans 11 and verse number 36. For of him and through him and to him are all things. Are all things. To whom be glory forever. Amen. Everything comes from him. Everything. And we ought to give praise back to him. So to acknowledge our most basic human need. That it is met only by God. But no one else. Not by me is a true act of humility. It's an act of humility to say, I, I did not do this. Th what's on the plate, I did not. Yeah, I work for it, but God gave me the strength. God is the one who's put this here, and now I'm, I'm stopping to return thanks to God. He is so good to me, and I thank him for it. And we give thanks. It is glorifying to God. Let's glorify God even in the way that we give thanks for the food that we eat. And think about it, and uh, be meaningful in it, be thoughtful in it, and uh, let's ask the Lord to help us with that, and we're going to pray together even tonight. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you that you love us so much, that you're constantly tending to our, to our needs. Lord, you told us that we weren't even to worry about our needs. You told us to stop worrying about our need of food and raiment, shelter, that you would take care of those things. Lord, you did tell us to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and that all those things would be added to us. So Lord, I pray that you would help us to be very, very careful to give you meaningful praise for what you've provided in our refrigerators, in our cabinets, in our freezers, for the meals that maybe are still to be eaten tonight, the meals we've already had today. We give you thanks. Thank you for providing for our most basic needs. And help us to be very, very grateful, even in the small things we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I hope that's a challenge to you and, and something to provoke your thinking. I'm going to ask you like we did last week, let's gather all up here and we're going to pray together. And if you'd like to pray, pray across the, uh, the front, but we're going to gather together and pray. And so we have needs that are on, uh, on our list. If you uh, had the, uh, the, prayer, um, the prayer guide, so let's, uh, let's gather all across the front. And if you want to kneel at the altar here in a moment, you can, but let's gather up close. It's always nice to pray. We're a family, right? You're, all, you're not, not assured of this. We're a family, right? Family and friends, right? So let's, let's gather up close and pray together.